You're listening to Ira Harmon's Pop Machine on WHPK 88.5 FM, Chicago. machine get interrupted by technical difficulties of any kind, just go to thepopmachine.net and remember, thepopmachine.net will get you through times of no radio. Better than radio will get you through times of no pop machine. Think about it. <laughs> we ask seniors how to prevent Medicare scams. If you get a phone call, do not talk to the person. Never, ever give out your Medicare number. Just hang up. I check my Medicare statement monthly. To report Medicare fraud, call 800-699-9043. Neil Armstrong waited six hours and 39 minutes to step onto the surface of the moon. Jackie Robinson waited 20 months to play his first game with the Brooklyn Dodgers. And even Leonardo DiCaprio waited two years to win an Oscar. You can wait until your destination. Don't text and drive. It's stupid. Visit StopTextStopRex.org. A message brought to you by the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration, Project Yellow Light, and the Ad Council. Where the pavement ends, the West begins. Black Rodeo. Side by side, many of them died. Nobody ever told you the world ain't cowboy. Black Rodeo with special appearances by Woody Strode. It was the first time that the blacks could run in and say, boss, the Indians are coming. And Muhammad Ali. I want y'all to saddle up and ride out. I'm the new sheriff in this town. I'm a bad nigga. <laughs> Black Rodeo with music by Aretha Franklin, B.B. King. Ray Charles and Little Richard. Oh, my soul. If nobody ever told you there were black cowboys, see Black Rodeo from Cinerama releasing rated G general audiences.
Blue was the color of skies the day she left Short was the time we had, it was the best Cause long were the nights we spent with no rest I met her on a Friday, she left on a Monday Wrote me a letter, said she hoped to see me someday We had a good time, I can't deny that You could be my sunshine every time you fly back Cause there's another one Your loving and I hate to see Summer's gone She left me here with sand in my bed She played me all night long But I do it all over again Whoa. My sweet summer's gone And all my men She made it clear Her lipstick can't be wrong My summer, summer My sweet summer is gone My sweet summer is gone Yeah, she left in the morning, gone without warning Fun while it lasted, lost in the moment She played me real good, took me for a ride Now she's out fun and never playing back to real life Yeah, she dipped out, smoked on my weed Then she flipped out, left in my slumber Waited till I passed out And on my dresser was a paper and her number I filled it up with grass and I burned it for summer Cause there's another one You're loving and I hate to see Summer's gone She left me here with sand in my bed She played me all night long But I do it all over again Whoa. My sweet summer's gone And all my men She made it clear Her lipstick can't be wrong My summer, summer My sweet summer is gone My sweet summer is gone Like a midnight thief You ain't no friend of me How could you lead me on Now my sweet summer is gone My sweet summer is gone Now my sweet summer is gone
night, all night Looking for the answers in the pouring rain Wanna find peace of mind Yeah. 
right that disco sucks I ended up with nobody and I started feeling dumb Maybe I should play the lead guitar and Pat should play the drums Take me back, back to the shack Back to the strap with the lightning strap Kicking the door, more hardcore Rocking out like it's 94 Let's turn up the radio Turn off those stupid singing shows I know where we need to go Back to the shack I finally settled down with my girl And I made up with my dad Had to go and make a few mistakes So I could find out who I am Put that on sale Take me back Back to the shack Back to the start With the lightning strap Kicking the door More hardcore Rocking out Like it's 94 Let's turn up The radio Turn off those Stupid singing shows I know where We need to go Back to the shack We belong In the rock world Shouldn't 
Talk about 
prodigal son Bigger battle, eeny, meeny, money, more and flower You're the chosen one Strong enough to tell the lie. 
me that I'm wrong I've walked that road before And left you on your own And please believe them when they say That it's left for yesterday In the records that I play Please forgive me WHBK 88.5 Radio. This is Abu Bin Bad speaking, the resident radio genie. You're tuned in to Ira Harmon's Pop Machine. <laughs> Everyone has a community, a neighborhood, school, place of worship, or other chosen groups. Communities can provide support when you need it, including helping your kids avoid underage drinking and other substance use. Learn more at talktheyhearyou.samsa.gov. Kids are curious about everything, including guns. Talking to them about gun safety in your home is a good first step, but you can do more. Always keep your guns locked, unloaded, and stored separately from ammunition. Storing your guns securely is the best way to prevent family fire. Learn how to make your home safer at endfamilyfire.org. Brought to you by In Family Fire, Brady and the Ad Council. And now, to conjure the radio spirits throughout time. Adventures in time and space, told in future tense. Dimension X, 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 X. When man first crossed the vast distances of outer space to land on strange worlds, he found that someone had been there before him. The ruined canals of Mars, the smashed cities of Titan and Centaurus II and III, all these were evidence that 100,000 years ago, a race of intelligent beings built their cities across the galaxy. They knew space travel, Atomic power, astrophysics, and engineering. And then they destroyed themselves. Completely. So that of all the cities on a thousand worlds, only dust and rubble remained. Why? Why did these beings obliterate all record of themselves? That is the mystery of the lost race. The freighter Carilia, bound out of Earth for Cetus Alpha 2, came into normal flight after 103 days in overdrive. The stars were unfamiliar. The constellations known on Earth had disappeared. But there was a yellow sun off the port, and about it revolved three planets. What do you make of it, Briggs? It isn't on any of the star charts, Captain Wharton. I checked through. One and three are dead, all right. 
Have to take a closer look at number two. Turn up the vision scale. Hmm, polar ice caps. She's green around the belt. Let's take her down to a five-mile orbit. Swing around her for a look. Alert for deceleration. Aye, sir. Throw in the manuals. Power room. Power room, aye. We're going down to have a look at something. Give us just enough power to keep her under control. All right, Briggs. Hang on to your stomach. You sent for me, Captain Morton? Come in, Mr. Al. I... Do you mind if I sit down? Free fall sickness? Well, I'm afraid I'm not an old space hand. Oof. We'll level out in a minute. Do you want something? Yes. We come out of overdrive, smack in the middle of a new planetary system. Briggs says it's unreported. Well, that's rather good news, isn't it? Depends. Chris report's pretty common. But we'll stake a claim on her, in case there are any mineral discoveries. Well, I meant the possibility of archaeological finds. I'm afraid I'll leave that to you, Mr. Howell. You're the expert. Coming up five, Captain. Level off. Hang on, Howell. Power room. Hold her steady, she goes. We'll orbit at slow cruising speed. All right. Clear the scope, Briggs. Aye, sir. Hmm, nice-looking piece of real estate. Well, the space guard requires I check up for radioactives, gold, and lost race rooms. You're landing? Landing. I've got a schedule to keep, Mr. Howe. I can't sit down on every lump of dirt I run into. We'll do a spectroscope check, and I figured you'd spot any ruins. All right. Wait a minute. Hmm? There in the lower quadrant. What? That bald spot in the vegetation. Those are ruins, all right. Are you sure, how? Yes. I've seen the lost race rubble on Centaurus, too. There. You can see it plainly, dust and rubble. Oh, that's what I get for calling in an expert. Briggs, stand by to take it down to 5,000 feet. Aye, sir. All this stinking luck. There goes my schedule. <laughs> seen enough, Howell? going to set me back five hours. Interesting. Wait a minute. What's wrong? I don't believe it. Marvelous. Incredible. Stop sputtering how what is it? Look over that rise in the ground. It's Hmm? a section of the city still standing. Hey, you're right. That hill must have shielded it from the blast. Captain, you've got to land. Land? You've got to. This is the first lost race site that's ever been spotted, of course. You'll land. Howell. We get a $1,000 bonus for every day under par for the run. But you don't understand. It's the biggest find in the century. We can chart it, and you'll have to get back somehow. But... That's all. I'm not sitting down to rake over old dust heaps. Captain Wharton, I'm on commission to the Space Guard. You may have to answer to them. I'll think up one. Look, Howell. Strictly speaking, you're a passenger. Well, you've got you to You don't land. belong in the bridge. I'm not landing down there. Unless... Freaks! Emergency from the power room. Something must have blown. Power room. Power room. Danton, what's wrong down there? Danton. He doesn't answer. Anything serious, Captain? He reaches the fuel locker. That five pounds of ascending will go and kick us right out of space. Danton. Danton. Power room, aye. What happened? What blew? Main tube coupling. She's secured What's now. the damage? The main tubes burn out. The bearing, the coupling, the injector valve, and the needle gauge. Can you make repairs? Not in flight. Can you raise enough power to land? Well, I don't know, Captain. The wiring shot. Fat like a tomcat. I might be able to get something from the deceleration auxiliaries. Get a jury rig on her. We'll try to set her down. Aye, sir. 
Briggs. Yes, sir. Alert for crash landing. Signal room. Signal room. Signal, I... Langston, get off a position fix and SOS standby. Aye, sir. Well, Mr. Howell, I guess you're going to join your friends in the lost race. I just hope it's not permanently... She's bucking bad. Five more minutes and the whole place will shake loose. Power room. Stand by for bow blast on signal. Power ready. I'm going to try for that clearing. Too narrow. Two to one for a dollar. All right. Hang on. Briggs! Briggs! Oh, you all right? I hit my head on the panel. Well, I... Seem to be all assembled. Well, we're down. Guess our luck hasn't run out yet. Calling power room. Power room, right. All right down there? Yeah, I'm all right. Danton, I want a complete damage check and repair estimate. Get up here as soon as you got it for me. Briggs, you all right now? Yes, sir, I guess so. As soon as we get Dan's report, get a detail aft. Help him with repairs. Captain Wharton. What is it, Langston? My speaker line's out. Sending circuits blew. Spare tubes? Uh, that was a pretty rough landing, Captain. They're gone. I can't replace them this side of Lunar Space Station. I see. Well, the SOS ought to do it. And the Space Guard Monitor reports opposition... They aren't to... going to, Captain. Why not? Sending circuits went out when the blast went off down there. I didn't get the SOS out. Thank you, Langston. Get back and see what you can salvage. Does that mean... Bad news? We were in overdrive, Mr. Howell. It would take 40 years to search the distance we've traveled in one day. Consequently, when a ship doesn't make port and doesn't transmit a position fix, they forget about it. Oh. I see. And with the radio out, we blast off on our own power. Or we don't get off. Got your damage report, Captain. Well? Here. On a B-23 checklist. Mm. That bad? Worse. Stanton, uh, how long will it take you for repairs? I don't know. An estimate. I know gypsy fortune teller. How about the lifeboat? For deep space? What are they teaching at Sands Point now? Basket weaving? Stanton, Lifeboat I... couldn't lift half a light year off this here mud heap. Stanton, I'll take just so much... Can it be converted to Bessendium Drive? The converter links were mashed when we came down. How long is it going to take you to repair the main drive? Look, Captain, I got two hands. You want me to hold a lug wrench in my teeth? See here, Captain. You see here, Captain. The whole lousy crew's been spitting all over me ever since we blasted off. Now you can all wait on me. Who do you think you are, Captain? The only power man on this ship, that's who. If you ain't satisfied with the way I'm working, go hire yourself another boy. The woods are lousy with him. Take my own sweet time. What's the matter with him? Got a bug in his ear? Space fatigue, Captain. He's been locked up in the power room four days. Well, we don't have enough trouble. Briggs, remind me to slug the psychotechnician when we get back. Don't tell me nobody gets into deep space who isn't emotionally stable. What are you going to do about him, Captain? Nothing. Stay off his back. Oh, but you can't... Captain's the only man who can get us out of here. We want to hit the cradle at New York spaceport again. We've got to keep him happy. Captain Wharton, 
As long as we're landed and we do have to wait for the engines to be fixed, I suppose we can explore the lost race ruins. I'm particularly... Look, Mr. Howell, I can't spare the men. We are now stuck tight until Danton gets those engines fixed. And if he can't, which is entirely possible, we are stuck, period. Oh, I... Oh. Briggs, I want you to keep a careful eye on the men. Space fatigue is nothing compared to what we might run up against now. Captain Wharton. Captain, I've got it. Is there any circuits? No, uh, no, sir, but I picked up the incoming video band. Well, that's something. Uh, can you get the mail call through? The men could use a little lift right now. Well, the scheduled one-way personals are due at 2330 Greenwich. Good. That ought to help morale. Langston, uh, rig the receiving booth. Aye, sir. Howell, this is a break. Seeing the folks at home may be enough to keep everybody on an even keel. I know I'll be glad to see that kid of mine. Mr. Langston, get Hanson out of the booth. You wear the glass right off the tube. Ah, take it easy, Williams. Everybody gets three minutes. Hey, Kelly, I bet that dame of yours burned up the circuits, huh? How'd you know it was his girl? You can't tell through the booth. Well, who else would call that eight? What'd you say, mm. Kelly? Oh, nothing. She don't have to. She just stands in front of the pickup tube and... Oh, brother! <laughs> I can just see that. Hey, hey, it's a boy! A boy! Alice had a boy! What? They're gonna show him to me in the circuit tomorrow. Congratulations! <laughs> Who's next, Mr. Langston? Uh, the last call's coming through now on ticker. It's for Williams. Well, wait a minute, Williams. Well, let go of my arm. What happened yeah. to my call? Uh, no call today, Dan. You're a liar, Langston. Hey. My girl calls in every scheduled circuit. That must be mine. Let go, Dad. Maybe Janie was busy waiting tables in the lunchroom. What do you know about her, Hanson? You kidding? She's a swell kid. Everybody at New York Spaceport knows her. Yeah, I've yeah. seen you hanging around Jane, too. Now, wait a minute, Danton. Take it easy, Danton. You and Williams made this up between you, didn't you? You're going to take my call, huh, Williams? You're space happy. You used to hang around with her before I cut you out. Now listen, Danton, you were lucky enough to get her. Let well enough alone. You bet I got her, all right, and you're not going to steal her back. Williams, I'm going to... Are you crazy, Danton! Get him off! You lying! Get him off! Hey, what's, what's going on in here? Let him fight! I tell you, you double-crushing fight! Hey, my back! Grab him, Hanson! Get his arm! Oh, me! Nobody took your call. Now, calm down, Why, Danton! I'll fix all of Look out! He's got a wrench! Danton! He's nuts! Ah, uh, nobody gets a call. Nobody. How do you like that, Williams? You ain't gonna hear from Janie no more. How do you like that? After him! Kelly! Hanson! The airlock. He's left the ship. Let him go, that jealous screwball. Sure. But that's the only man who can get us off of here. I warned you, so help me, Briggs. I warned you to keep an eye on Damp. Well, I didn't think he'd go off this way. Well, it's that girl of his, sir. He's crazy jealous about her. Any reason for it, Williams? No, sir. She's a good kid. Too good for Danton. I guess he's just so afraid of losing her to some other guy, he, he's getting psychopathic about it. Well, we've got to get him back. I want every man equipped and ready for search parties immediately. Aye, sir. Williams, rig some portable searchlights and issue hand blasters and radiation tickers. Kelly. Aye, sir. You had the second party. If you find Danton, send up a signal flare. Aye, sir. Unless we do find him, we'll be on this planet until the next freighter stumbles on us. Maybe 10,000 years from now. Light up, Hanson. 
is amazing, Captain. Lost race buildings actually standing. Hey! What is it? Oh, nothing. A shadow. This place gives me the willies to be able to find out so much about them. Their science, art, what they looked like. Perhaps even why they destroyed themselves. I'm beginning to wonder about that, Howe. You sure they destroyed themselves? Maybe they lost a war to another race. Uh, winners would have left traces. Genghis Khan, the Mongol emperor, left a pile of skulls as a monument after he destroyed his enemies. But there's been nothing like that found. No clues at all, Nothing. Eh? When they decided to wipe themselves out, they did a thorough job. But why? That's what we've been asking for 50 years. They wanted to end like that. Captain, there's a rise ahead. Keep going. Anything on your side, Briggs? No, sir. Handsome, what is it? I don't know, sir. It's a funny kind of a glow. I guess I shot without thinking. Don't get trigger, Abby. Howell. Yes? Where do you think the light is coming from? Down there. It's an amphitheater. Stone seats and a hood. It looks like a band shell. What's up, Captain? Wait a minute. Well, Howell? I don't know. That's the lost race sign on the hood. A what? A sort of hieroglyphic. Only thing we'd ever found before. One in each ruin. What does it mean? Some kind of a warning, I think. Come on. We're going down there. Careful now. There's a platform of some kind down there. Looks like a lecture platform, doesn't it? Or an altar. This might have been a temple. Perhaps the Lost Race sign had a religious significance. It looks like a throne to me. A throne five feet high. Briggs, climb up there. And see if there are any controls for this machinery. Hi, sir. This wasn't meant for any man to sit on. There's a lever up here. Shall I try it? Sure, go ahead. Hey, what the... What's that mist? It's like a steam bath. I wonder if Kelly and Williams ran into hey, anything Kelly, like... hold that line up. Shut up and keep looking for Danton. What? Look there. In the hood. It's Williams and Kelly. That crazy jet jockey. When I find Please, him, I'm going to beat his brains out. You could see him, a three-dimensional image. Some kind of television. Get down, Briggs. Aye, sir. Did you see it, Skipper? I was just thinking about him, and there he was. We all saw it. Out of the way. I'm going to try it. This thing can pick up Earth. It'll replace the receiver. Danton smashed. Just throw the lever, eh? <laughs> That's my son. I'll be darned. His music lesson. Say it reaches Earth all right. What? Imagine. Television without a transmitter. Looks like the lost race was ahead of us in more ways than one. Go up and try it, Howell. It's amazing, amazing. Television without a transmitter. This, this machine may be the clue to the mystery of the lost race. I'll try it. Mary, I've told you I like my paper first in the morning. If that youngster wants to know how the tigers did, let him wait until I am... My father in Detroit. Remarkable, Captain. You can see the whole room clearly. Say, how about me, Captain? Let me get up there. I like to see my baby. Alice told me all about it. What's the matter, Hanson? I kicked something, a wrench. Well, hold it up. It's Danton's. That means he's been here. We're on his trail, all right. Come on, Howell, let's go. No, but the baby wouldn't take a minute, Captain. Later, Hanson. We've got to find Danton first. All right, now, let's get moving. 
Hold it. What's that? The recall flare. Kelly and his men have found Danton. Oh, I hope that crazy fool isn't one piece. We start back now, Captain. Yes. That came from the ship. Another flare? No, that was an explosion. That's all we need now. Something more to happen to the ship. Oh, it's the main jets. Smashed flat. Of all the sleeping rot. Check through the ship for further damage. Aye, sir. Oh, look at those plates. Crumpled like an accordion. Captain! Oh, Captain! Here comes Kelly's party. We got him. We got Danton. Hold it. What happened here? Somebody blew up the main jets. Danton, do you know anything about this? No, sir. Not much, he doesn't. He's crazy enough to blow us all up. Listen, Hanson, I admit I went off my head tonight, but I'm not crazy enough to commit suicide. The jets are smashed. We're all marooned up the same creek. I still think he's got something to do with it. Lay off, Hanson. We found him wandering up in the hills. And he was with us when the blast went off. Yes, that's right. We saw your recall flare before the explosions. Oh, I guess that puts Danton on the clear. Well, then who did it, Captain? I don't know, how. Looks like somebody didn't want us to leave this planet. Well, we still got one slim chance left. If we can repair the lifeboat... Skipper, it's gone. Gone? The escape port is open. The boat's missing. Oh, what else? The arms chest was cleaned out, sir, and the fuel locker was jimmied open. The sendium bars are gone. You sure? You look for yourself, sir. She's clean. I see. There's only one answer left. There's something or somebody out in those ruins trying to get us. Maybe that lost race decided they weren't going to stay lost. You think some of them may, may still be alive? Who else could have blown up our ship? Keep your blaster up, Hal. And be careful. It's a hair trigger. What are we doing back at the television machine, Captain? I thought we were looking for the lifeboat. We are. Whoever blew up the ship must be around here. Might as well try to use the machine to track him down. Yeah. Yeah. Catch him with our own gadget, huh? That's right. All right, Hal, you're the expert. Get up there and try to find him. I hope it works. Well? Trying, Captain. Nothing but mist. I don't understand it. It reached all the way to Earth before I saw my father in Detroit. Mary, my paper's all rumpled again. What? There it is again. My father in Detroit. I've told him time and time again, I don't like a messy paper. Look at that. No selector control, yet all the way to Earth. You can see the whole room, the goldfish bowl, the, the antimacassars on the chairs. Yet we can't pick up something less than a mile away. Knock it off, Hal. We're wasting time. Come on. That gadget won't work. We'll have to comb these rooms inch by inch. I don't understand. Neither do I. We'll cut behind the hood here and go on. Briggs, you take the lead with the radiation ticker. We might be able to pick up a reading on where the rocket fuel is hidden. Aye, sir. All right, let's go. I can't understand why that machine can pick up earth and not... Captain, Captain Briggs, what is it? Captain, help, I'm falling. It's a cave-in. Hang on, Briggs. I'm slipping, Captain. Grab his wrist. All right. Now Got pull. It. Pull. Higher. Higher. What happened? I was just walking along and the ground caved in. What? It's some kind of shaft. Hold your light over it, Captain. Oh! Fifty feet deep in a stone bottom. I could have split my head open like a grapefruit. Something down there. Hold that light steady. Amazing. 
Mason! Looks like a pile of bones to me. Two piles. It may be the first skeletal remains ever found of the lost race. I've got to get down in there. We haven't got time, Howell. Come on. Let me have your binoculars. Wonderful. That small skeleton must be an infant. They've been laid out carefully at the burial chamber. The way they're lying, it's probably a mother and infant. Yeah? The tail. She's definitely anthropoid. Howell, you... You mean apes? Something like that. Yet they had atomic power and built cities across the galaxy. Amazing. Oh, we haven't got time. Hello, that's funny. The, the little one is different. The, the caudal bones are different. No tail. Listen, Howell. What do I care whether they had tails or not? Come on, now. It's almost as if... Well, they, they, they did have atomics and radiation does funny things to heredity. They had that problem of mutations in Detroit. What? Detroit. That must be it. What? The new atomics plant at Detroit. They tore down my father's house to make room for it. Quickly, Captain. Oh, where are you going? Back to the machine. I've got a theory that may solve the whole mystery of what happened to the lost race. I don't care what happened to the dead ones, Hal. I want to find the living ones who wrecked my ship. I think this machine may give us both answers. There's the house, Detroit, down to the last detail. Oh, come on down. We know all that. But don't you understand? That house was torn down. I got a letter before we lifted off Earth. It's gone. But it's on the television machine. Captain, that machine isn't television. It's a thought projector. What? It only mirrors what's in your own mind. But, Mr. Howell, we saw Earth. It was really there. But it was just because we imagined it, Briggs. It's a thought projection. I can produce any mental image that occurs to me on this machine. New York, spaceport, a space guard patrol, anything. Anything? Yes. And now I think I know what inspired the lost race to do what they did. It was fear. Fear of what was in their own minds. They could all see it with machines like this. But fear? Fear of what? They foresaw the future. So they destroyed themselves. Every last one of them. Hold it, Howe. Are you sure they're all dead? 100,000 years ago. Then who blew up the ship and stole our lifeboat? Danton. Danton? But why? He was pathologically jealous. Yes, but blowing up the ship was like committing suicide. He wasn't crazy enough to do that. The lost race was after they looked at this machine. You mean Danton did too? We found his wrench here. You're right. He must have looked at the machine and thought it was television. He must have seen all his fears about losing his girl confirmed. That was enough to make him completely unbalanced. But he was with Kelly when that explosion went off. He's got an ironclad alibi. No, he hasn't. Wouldn't take a power man long to sneak back to the ship and rig a delayed action fuse. Howell, we've got to get back to the ship before Danton. All right, Captain, stay right there. That's Danton. In the dark. You make a perfect target there. Stop your gun. I got a blaster set at wide angle. Drop him. He's got his cold. I've been following you, Warden. I wanted to tell you, I'm going back to Earth. I got the lifeboat hidden over that ride. It won't work in deep space. <laughs> you believe me when I told you that, didn't you? Well, I've got it fixed. And with that bacendium fuel, it'll be a milk run. I'll reach the space guard station at Volta with a long, sad story about how the rest of you exploded in mid-space. Danton, that's murder. Yeah, yeah, that's just what it is. And easy, too. Danton, you can't just leave us here. Watch me. Sit in front of that machine and watch me. Yeah, I know what it is. I know it's a television without a transmitter. And I did some checking up. I've seen how you were stealing my call. Trying to steal my girl. Stanton, you're sick. You Pretty can't... Pretty smart, that lost race. They built some machine. And it showed me plenty. It showed me enough to kill you. Oh, 
boy, you've got it all wrong. This isn't a television machine. What are you trying to pull, Warden? I saw it. Those were your own thoughts, Stanton. Those things you saw exist only in your mind. Shut up before I blast all of you, Don. You're just trying to lie out of it, that's all. But I know the truth when I see it. And you're going to die. All right, Danton, but you're not going to get away with it. Look at the machine. What's that? The machine. It's the space guard patrol, Danton. Look, they're coming. X-3 to command. Spotted the Corellias reported. Preparing to land. That's the space guard, Danton. Yeah, whole patrol. You're lying, you're lying. They couldn't come. There wasn't any SOS. X-3 to command. Preparing to land. There's a clearing. That's enough, Howell. All right, Danton. They'll be coming over the horizon. Drop your gun and give yourself up. Oh, no. No, they're not going to catch me. I'll be away in that lifeboat before they land. Stay still, all of you. Stay where you are. I still got you covered. Danton, look out behind you. Ah! Burial shaft. He fell in it. Hold the light down, Briggs. Well? He's dead. Deader than the lost race. And what about those space guard cruisers? Out of my head. I just imagined them, and there they were on the machine. Poor Danton believed they were real. I wish they were real so we could get off this planet. Oh, it doesn't matter. We know where the lifeboat is now. We can send one man to bring back help. And it won't be Danton. The machine got him the same way it got the lost race. Through fear. But what was the lost race afraid of, Howell? Changing. Changing? Look at those skeletons down there. They had atomic energy, but they couldn't control it. Look, the baby is different from the other. The race was changing by mutation. Mutation? Look at those skeletons. Now imagine a shifted hip socket so they could walk upright. The baby was already without a tail. But how? That would mean they were changing into... Into... Yes, Captain. The lost race committed suicide rather than face the fear of seeing their descendants become such horrible creatures as men. You have just heard another adventure into the unknown world of the future. The world of... Dimension X. And now, about next week. William Travis and his wife thought they had escaped. But they were wrong. They were being searched out by men from another world. Men who wanted them to return. Where? I'll tell you next week. Tonight's drama was based on the Murray Leinster story The Lost and was adapted for radio by Ernest Canoy. Featured in the cast were Matt Crowley as Captain Wharton, Roger DeCoven as Howell, and Joseph Julian as Danton. Your host was Norman Rose. Tomorrow it's Sam Spade. Now hear Truth or Consequences on NBC. Now for something known as a model telling. In other words, a story.
ill deal helmets and hospitals part one when i was a child of grade school years there were like two worlds the adult world and the kid world but not so much these days the line is blurred back in the day there was an unwritten agreement that the adults would stay in their world and kids would stay in theirs. Until by rites of passage a child became an adult. My parents, especially my mom, used to say a child should be seen and not heard. So taken as the prime directive, if uh, the back of the house was on fire, I guess that could be taken to mean that you don't interrupt an adult conversation to tell everyone to get the hell out fast. I'm joking, of course. Kids weren't that stupid. They'd interrupt while running past, shouting fire. That way, they couldn't be smacked upside the head for interrupting adult conversation. In that long-gone era of two separate worlds, a kid was expected to have common sense. We were encouraged to handle our own problems. It was believed that this method would help us grow into responsible adults. For the most part, this approach worked beautifully. If a bully was bothering you after school, you know, you gathered a more powerful force. Usually in the guise of your big brother, if you had one, and his friends. And you led the poor bully into a trap where he was summarily dealt with. It was like dropping the bomb on his ass. You didn't want to go there, but if he just wouldn't sit down at the peace table and agree to stop being such a jerk, you had to go long range on his ass. Usually, though, you can handle a bully just by kicking his ass yourself. Sometimes you open a can of whoop-ass with a little help from your friends. You know, bullies are insecure individuals anyway that loathe themselves anyway, and there's nothing like a good can of whip-ass to change their attitude. You know, after they get their ass whipped, they just move along to the next willing victim. Doctors say that flatulence travels at about 10 feet per second. Well, the news of a bully getting his comeuppance travels at least twice that speed. Soon, the bully has no power and fades from view. After graduation, most of grammar school fades quickly from view also. High school looms large in the imagination during that transitional summer. Flash forward to freshman year of high school. I was walking to the bus stop after classes. A half a block up, I noticed a big, ugly kid with a baseball bat. He was grabbing kids by the collar and threatening to bash their heads in if they didn't fork over their candy money. He was standing right in the doorway of the corner store that I frequented for my candy fix. He saw me coming while he was shaking down this other kid who frantically forked over his dough. The bully had that glad eye twinkle, like he was expecting to get paid again as soon as I got there. 
I was not about to turn around or across the street or run. Of course, I considered all three of these options. I was scared for sure, but I was told once that everybody feels fear. The difference is made in how you handle it. I had at least eight years of bully wrangling experience, growing up going to some pretty tough public schools and some private. So I figured that the best thing to do was to keep on walking straight toward the guy with the bat. That's exactly what I did. So when I woke up in the hospital with bandages, no, 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 I'm joking again. When I got there, we had a stare down the way a bear and a wolf might size each other up to see if it's worth the injuries to have a confrontation or not. Usually the bear and the wolf, when they meet in the wild, if there's no pressing reason to get into a tangle, they give each other a detente, a nod, you know, the woodsy nod, and they're going about their business. So he looked me over and realized that I didn't seem afraid of him. I didn't seem afraid of him. And to a certain extent, I wasn't. Because only a fool doesn't feel fear. He had a baseball bat, and I had nothing. I don't know what went through his criminal mind, but I could see that one gear was grinding in his head. could almost hear the squeaks. And the gears in his head were enmeshed in some form of lowbrow logic. He was like a cat the way he considered the situation. And miracle of miracles, he stepped aside and allowed me to pass and go on about my business. I went into the store and it was like any other day. So I went into the store and bought my usual bag of gum and candy and junk. I was surprised a little bit that I had pulled off my coup. It's a fact that I was going to give this guy a hard time if he tried anything. Like my older brother used to say, you gotta bring ass to kick ass. And I had been a scrappy kid since kindergarten. Didn't make me any difference. Inside the store, it was business as usual. The proprietor seemed oblivious to the big bully outside. That in effect was placing a thug tax on his patrons. I looked around the store as I always did and wondered what the old toys were all about lining the top of the shelves. There was one board game that I can't seem to get out of my head. It was a licensed property with a guy named Pinky Lee on the cover. Pinky Lee wore a small derby and an undersized suit with a goofy bow tie with these round heavy frame glasses. You know, when Pee Wee Herman came out, I flashed back on this Pinky Lee guy, and I wondered if Paul Rubin was channeling Pinky Lee. I think Pinky Lee was a 50s TV show icon or something because I had never heard of him. And this was now a couple of decades after his heyday. I wonder what became of Pinky Lee. Maybe he got caught boxing his clown in an adult movie theater. Back in his day, that was grounds for execution. So... When I came out of the store, the bus was pulling up and I ran across the street to get on board. I can't remember if the bully was still standing there. He was completely forgotten. As I remember it, he was gone. Maybe I discouraged his resolve or 
Maybe it was time for him to get off thug duty. Who knows? The bus ride had its own situational dangers that I had to pay attention to. But that's another story. Model Tellings will continue next week as we finish another episode from Hill Deal Helmets and Hospitals, written by Ira Harmon. Next week on Ira Harmon's Pop Machine. I tell everybody what a nice person you were, too. I think that a lot of marriages went west, you know, they went split up uh, in my generation because ladies didn't know that guys were different. I mean, different, it's very tough for chicks to realize that, that although we speak the same language, that you you can have babies. It's different. You're so, it's like no guy ever cheated on his wife, ever. But ladies would get hurt and want to leave the husband because they thought the husband's cheated, and they never did cheat. Because what cheating means, I know, to a lady, means kissing and hugging and liking somebody. You have to at least like somebody. Guys, that doesn't enter into it all the time. No. Ladies are one emotion, and guys detach. Not consciously detach, but they just do detach. Like, a lady can't go through a plate glass window and go to bed with you five seconds later. But guys can have head-on collisions with Greyhound buses in disaster areas. Everybody's laying dead on the highway. Not only the hospital, in the ambulance, the guy makes play for the nurse. How could he do a thing at a time like that? Oh, I got horny. <laughs> the what? You're hot. How could you be hot when your foot was cut off and you're dead? I don't know. He's an animal! He got hot with his foot cut off. I guess I'm an animal. What did you get hot at? The nurse's uniform. It's a moron, that's all. He's just an animal. A... No, it's guys detach and has nothing to do with them liking, loving. You put guys in a desert island, they'll do it to mud. Mud. So if you caught your husband with mud, somehow you could get overseas there. Mud! Don't talk to me, that's all. You piece of shit, you leave me alone, that's all. Go with your mud, have fun. You want dinner? Get your mud to make dinner for you, that's all. That's it. It's just that you can't get angry at them. You can't, you can't want to leave them for that at all. No, it's, um, you know, it's actually subjective, but in retrospect, I really get a kick out of it. That getting divorced, the only true get even device, because I'm really convinced that no guy ever leaves a chick, you know. When chicks get cold, they really get cold. That's, it's over, really. When it's over with them, it's over. And guys can't ever figure that out. They always figure there's one more time there. And the guy's like, so can't, what? Bonk, bonk, bonk. Yeah, because th here's what I figured it is. You always hear chicks say, you know, oh, I wish I could meet a man, you know, some, some dignity and this guy, you know, a guy can walk all over, you know, I just be really a man, a man. But chicks don't know that it's, it's, guys are like dogs. You know, you take a dog, you beat the shit up, pow! Pow, keep coming back. Ladies are like cats. 
You yell at a cat once, Siamese cat, psh, they're gone. So that kind of quality that ladies are looking for, you really want a guy to act like a lady. Because it's a ladylike trait, that kind of spunk and they don't need anything.
Be with you. 